is fairly downbeat music to bring us back, Yach. Give it a minute. PK, you're a little depressed right now because Yach's got some music that'll help. <laughs> I saw Mama kissing Santa Claus. That's a little more upbeat, <laughs> Yach. So give it a minute. <laughs> oh, boy. I got a headache. Is this the Trans-Siberian? It would be Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Okay, let's pick it up now. <laughs> I was about to say, give it, it started a started in a dark place. Let it breathe for a second. <laughs> Bells will be ringing. Nice. <laughs> the John Watson Chevrolet High School Player of the Week Award is presented weekly to the top prep boys and girls basketball players in northern Utah. This week's winners were Kakoa Beard from Ben Loman High School and Nicole Williams from Roy High School. See why new and used car buyers give John Watson Chevrolet more five-star reviews than any other Chevy dealer in Utah. John Watson Chevrolet, your five-star Chevy dealer. Did you read what Lisa did, DJ? I have not. You need to read this one. Lisa. Is it on Twitter or Facebook? Twitter. Going against the grain. How could she live with herself? A shower is required, <laughs> if, not a, if not a mud bath. You fans would say a shower is required every time Lisa calls in. Uh, Mama Haw's here. My son and his fiance are going to the Rose Bowl this year. Because I love them both, I bought them two University of Utah sweatshirts and two University of Utah shirts to give to them on Christmas. I feel a little nauseous, but you do for family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can see tickets, but gear, apparel, in your house, in my house, in my room? Where my children play, <laughs> where my wife sleeps. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's over the top. <laughs> also, too, I was thinking about this. We we're just talking about tickets to the Rose Bowl as a Christmas gift. My guess is there's going to be literally hundreds of thousands of dollars spent in our community on Rose Bowl gear. And if it not for uh, what's Christmas Saturday, then certainly when you get down there. I saw you fans complaining about this. Uh, Holly, Holly Rowe tweeted out video of uh, a Rose Bowl paraphernalia. The stuff you're talking about, it was a white sweatshirt and it had the U of U interlocking logo on the, on the front. Mm-hmm. And it had a rose, a single rose going through it. And it really did look good. And... A Those lot of you fans were, were night, liking right? it and retweeting it, and then subsequently, you fans were saying, "I wish I never retweeted that." I'm now getting spammed with commercial offers, and it's really annoying. And there are multiple people who did that, so I don't know who those people were, or how that works, or how that played out. But you're right, the allure of that stuff, I mean, Holly tweeted out because she knew a lot of people would want to see it, right? And sure enough, yeah, people yeah. were retweeting it, but it was clearly, you know, that's bait. Where's the, where's the gif for that, right? The guy looking up from the what? What movie is that from? That's bait. That one's, it's the one that's about, like, the death race. I'm trying to remember the name of that. Yeah, is. I can't remember it either, though. It'll... Anyway, that's bait, <laughs> and it worked perfectly. Well, of but course it, it, it is. Really because did, it really did look good. You can't just wear Utah gear to the game. You have to wear Utah Rose Bowl gear to the game. Now you're talking. 
Yeah, you gotta up. You gotta step up your game. Simply wearing what you normally wear to a home game, or if you should go to a road game, that's no longer good enough. This game, it has to be game specific. It must entail some form of representation of the actual Rose Bowl, and there'll be all sorts of uh, options available to you. Some you of it get, legal, if, some of it knockoff, whatever it might be. You know, and if you want to get the Ohio State combined with the Ute thing too, that's there, so you can get the actual participants of the game, or you could just go with the Utes, but there there has to be. I'm going to get there early, and if I see anybody in just traditional Ute gear, I'm going to tell them they've got to go change. Kick them out. You are kicked out, not just of the Rose Bowl, out of all of Pasadena. Yeah, because this You're is going to be... San Dimas. It's going to be before the game, so it'll be the Brookside Golf Course is there. I've played that many times, not in a long time, but uh, used to be on my rotation. And this people don't understand, you know, if you lived in Cal- uh, Southern California, your rotation of golf courses encompassed, literally encompassed like 90 miles because there was so few relative to the amount of people. Here, you can go 10 minutes and have 15 options, uh, whereas in that area, I, I mean, I lived by... Uh, a mile from the water, and I'd drive all the way to Pasadena to play Brookside, and because you had to do what you had to do to play golf, so all those people will be there, and you better be in Rose Bowl gear. This this could be once in a lifetime, and I know people are talking about oh, next year they're going to be. You don't know that. You have no idea. Plus, you can't control what the other teams are going to do, and you don't know who's going to get you. And there's a bunch of guys that are already going to the NFL, as they should, and several of them have yet to announce. Oh, there's still some maybes out there. I assume they're gone, but they haven't officially announced it. I don't. Right. Has, has Keith he announced he's going yet? Because I don't think he has. He is I don't not. Think he has, but, but don't I'm, we think he's going? I would go. Yes. If I, I think were him. Yeah, yeah, we all think he is. I mean, you can but go if he make wants money. to wait and announce after a game, so oh yeah, that's later. fine. There's yeah. plenty of time right. to, to figure out or make a public announcement. But several of them have already announced. Obviously, they're going. Yep. And take their shot, and we wish them the best, and hope they make it, and all. We I, at least I do. I fully understand. But you can't say, oh, next year we're going to be this or that. I mean, you don't know that. You just and even if you are this or that, you have three well, turnovers in that final game. It comes down to a one game deal. And how do we know next year that the team, if you were to win the out, the team you play in the north doesn't have their coach with two feet out the door already or unless he just absolutely didn't have any discussions and then the day later like, like lincoln riley you know they just decided like in the wee hours of the morning they called me at midnight and by two o'clock i had made a massive career decision that's yeah. an awesome story and i'm glad you read me that bedtime tale but i don't really believe it <laughs> Nobody i mean i enjoyed the story thanks for the story but i yeah i don't buy that and it was so clear your Devils are a good example because they went for the first time in year nine and they'd had a couple of second place finishes and a third place finish. They'd been right there. Oh, and yeah, then they, they went right again there. in year 19 and they really weren't all that close between the first and second trips. They didn't have that many close calls. And then they go to the Rose in 96. And since then, they've shared a conference title, but they had to go holiday bowl because SC was at the top of their game and had the tiebreaker on them then in 07. Yeah, share the title. That's a bunch of crap. Right, they and that won't happen whooped. anymore because they, they got the whooped game. by SC. But uh, so, if you but they both finished. And then they had the, the one time Stanford got them. They won the division, and, mm-hmm. and Stanford beat the crap out of them yep. when Stanford had it going on. But Stanford the point won. is, it's twenty five years now. Yeah, this is the twenty fifth anniversary oh, geez, of your last I mean, Rose Bowl. I mean, I would go to Arizona. It's only been forever. <laughs> Oregon State, <laughs> Cal, and uh, Arizona. 
Arizona hasn't been since they joined the league in 78. Oregon State had a bid in the early to mid-60s. They went 65, And the Cal's like 58, 59? Yeah, right. Cal's late 50s. Yeah, so take nothing for granted. You've got to get Rose Bowl gear. And if you have the financial wherewithal to go, get your rear ends down there because it will be a joyous experience. Even in defeat, although I can't speak to that because the one time I went to the Rose Bowl as a fan, the Devils won. And then in 96, they lost to Ohio State in the last second. But I was not there. I just watched it on television. That was the before was the Cotton Bowl, then followed by the Rose Bowl on that particular day. Uh, what would have been January 1, 1997. So I don't know what it's like to walk out of there with a team that I wanted to win to win. I mean, lose. But I would think even so. And then if you should win, and we'll talk about this next week, I believe if you win, it's the best freaking win in school history. Ever. You I have arrived. You have arrived. Don't, don't give me Alabama. No, this Alabama. would be bigger. This would be bigger because you were in the Mountain West and you went, when you were in the G5, on the national stage, you go back to square one the next year. That's just how you get treated. If you do it as a Power 5 conference champion, then they look at you differently the next year. Sure, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about the caliber of team. Alabama didn't have the slew of NFL quarterbacks that they've got now, whereas Ohio State, they've got that's the that's the danger with these programs is that before you could always count on them to have that prototypical cliché game manager at quarterback. But not now. Now they've got big-time high draft picks. That's where they're at. That's what separates this Ohio State team from that Alabama team. The Alabama team had Julio Jones. The problem is they had nobody to throw to them. Now they've got first-round picks. And then the Buckeyes got freaking three receivers that are 1,000 yards. they got a 1,000-yard rusher. I mean, my goodness, they are so loaded. This Ohio State team would have run circles about around that Alabama team. If you manage to beat these guys, oh, man, it, it's your best victory in school history, and it's not, not even, even close. close. <laughs> truth. I'm spitting truth loogies right now. <laughs> It is so hard to get there. Since the Pac-12 went to 12, the Utes are the fifth team to win the conference title. Oregon's got four. Stanford's got three. Washington's got two. And USC's got one. Who would have thought the day they joined the league, after 11 years, Utah and USC would have the same number of conference titles? One. Who'd have thunk it? Nobody. Yeah, I get your point. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're going. Uh, on that. Uh, not that Utah would have been bad, but we would have thought SC would have more. Uh, so I, I, I catch your point there. I think that even if you don't get tickets, I think there's going to be a ton of Rose Bowl gear being uh, unopened in packages and boxes on Saturday morning or Christmas Eve night whenever you do your, your traditional gift exchange. There's going to be a lot going on there. There's going to be a lot of people at the game, we'll have the gear. Plus, there's going to be a lot of people who don't go to the game. We'll have the gear. You a Christmas Eve or a Christmas morning gift opener? Christmas morning. Yeah. Growing up with family and both, uh, both sides of the family in town, as a kid, it was the uh, dad's relatives on Christmas Eve. So we got some gifts there. 
depending on how many people are in town, there's probably four or five gifts with the great aunts and uncles and the grandparents and all that. And then Christmas morning was, was the full-blown deal. I'd love hearing about your idyllic childhood. What about you? You had like 10, <laughs> 10 siblings on each side of the family. Because when my mom was a kid, she said they had to go to both sides of the family on Christmas Day, and she was always stuffed because her grandmother, grandmothers were always, here, I have more food, and she felt like it was rude. She hated it. She wasn't an eater either. Uh, well, Agnes had to bear her burdens. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had an interesting situation where it was half and half because when I was uh, 14, we moved across the country. So Christmas became a very different deal, huh? All of a sudden, we had nothing. We went from massive amounts of family, I mean, just inordinately huge. uh, I watch The Sopranos when they have those family gatherings in Jersey. That was what I was used to. We just have so many folks there at all, uh, just so many occasions, so many weddings and blah, 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 and all that stuff, birthdays and anniversaries to, to go moving to Arizona and being cast out in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Speak the people's language. Yeah. But it wasn't for 40 days, was it? No. No. Although uh, sometimes it felt like because you went from a massive amount of people to to very little. My grandfathers were both like one of five or six siblings. And so there were great aunts and uncles all over the place. But you had way more than that. I did, yeah. I mean, there were just, and there was a huge age gap, too. My mother was on the younger side. Of how many? So, uh, 10. Well, 11. One did, one died, but. Uh, and your uh, dad? 10, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holy just... cow. Because <laughs> my parents were two and three. You know, it was the grandparents where it was bigger, and that generation had mostly stayed in San Diego, so. Well, they but took, 10. Uh, Holy cow. Yeah, they took the uh, be fruitful and multiply to the bank there. There it is. Uh, the Irish and and the Italian. They were they were hardcore Catholics, and they did what they were supposed to do, and uh, that was uh, reproduced to a, an extreme amount of uh, levels, and so they did that. So yeah, we had massive amounts, and and then you had uh, your godparents would give you gifts. My godparents gave me bonds for Christmas. Every year. Yeah. And then when I was right towards the end of my senior year of high school, I mean, like two, three weeks to go, my father said, okay, we're going to cash these things in here. You got to get yourself a car. And uh, so so I went and looked at a bunch of cars, which was a waste of time because he was just going to pick out the car that I was going to have anyway. <laughs> That's what happened with my first car. He picked out, turned out dad wanted me to have a, a, a puke green Ford Torino with a vinyl top. Dad, man, that thing is ugly. Yeah. That's not even mediocre. That is ugly. So I got a Camaro. and You I got a Camaro a, and I got a Torino. And you then, win again. I had it for the summer. I had it so I had like the last couple of weeks of school. I had it for the summer, and then I had it for the first month of my schooling at Northern Arizona. And then that's when my father's car broke, and I thought my car's just sitting in this parking lot here because I'm on campus all the time. So I ended up giving it to him for the next couple of years, and then uh, then he sold it. And I remember uh, he told me he was going to sell it for like nine hundred dollars. I said, oh, okay, fine. Uh, and then he gets the money and he hands me the, this is like two, three years later, he hands me the money and he gives me $900. He said, aren't you going to count it? I said, 
you're my father. If you're cheating me out of money, we got way more issues than how much money is in that stack of bills right there. Yeah, man. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up, everything you missed in this show, we will get you up to speed. Uh, we had Lincoln Kennedy on in the 7 o'clock hour, David Locke in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll tell you about those. Right now, we'll bring in Bailey White, Director of Grants and Compliance at The Road Home. Bailey, good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're doing well. You write grants for The Road Home? Yeah, so I help secure all of our government grant funding and make sure that we stick to all of the many rules that comes with it. So you must know from filling out those forms all kinds of facts and details about The Road Home that not only the general public doesn't know, but probably a lot of people at The Road Home don't know, because you must be diving into the details. What is something you know that we don't that we would all find interesting? Well, last year we served over 6,800 people, and nearly 2,000 of those were children, and more than 400 families were in our emergency shelter. How much are you writing grants for the overnight shelters, and how much are you writing for the supportive housing, places like Palmer Court and that? So for the emergency shelter grants, we write about, we request about $12 million in government grants. Uh, We don't usually get that much. And then for our housing programs, which are actually serving more people than our emergency shelter programs, it kind of depends on the year and what kind of programs we're implementing. So people hear that and they might think, well, how important is the holiday media-thon then? But that's a pretty big chunk of the budget and fairly important too, isn't it? Oh, of course. Yeah, the Holiday Mediathon is incredibly important to us. We could not do the things that we do without the support of private donors and volunteers. Um, Our government funds, like I said, have a lot of rules and things attached to them that we can't really, so we can't do specific things with them. But with the private funding, we're able to be more flexible and help people out. You can donate right now to the Holiday Mediathon. Call 801-819-7300. 801-819-7300. Or donate online at theroadhome.org. Theroadhome.org. Give us one thing, one thing that uh, really motivates you to do what you do, and it would motivate people to pick up the phone or, or click online and make a donation right now. Uh, my biggest motivator is that these are people in our community. These are people that you went to school with. These are people that you know from church. These are just regular members of your community who happen to have something bad happen to them or maybe hit a kind of a snag in the road, and they, they just need a little bit of extra support. I think it's really important to just remember that these are other people that we are close with and that we know and that grew up in the same area as us. So that really helps me. She's Bailey White, Director of Grants and Compliance. She's part of the team at The Road Home, and you can join the team at The Road Home by making a call right now and making a donation at 801-819-7300. 801-819-7300, or go online to theroadhome.org. They helped about 2,000 kids last year. You look at the temperatures right now, people should not be sleeping in cars, in doorways. Get them into The Road Home and get them on the track to self-sufficiency, get them into a supportive housing program, and get them back on track. Bailey? Thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much. 801-819-7300. 801-819-7300. PK and I'll get you up to speed next. Stay with us. It's official. The Utes are the 2020.
2021 Pac-12 champs and are heading to the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. What better way for the Utes to make their inaugural trip to the Rose Bowl than a battle against Ohio State? Keep it locked on the Zone Sports Network as we get you ready for the Utes' historic trip to Pasadena. Your home for the best coverage of the Utes in the Rose Bowl is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. 9 a.m. Slacker Radio Headlines brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for their $59 furnace tune-up special or visit them online at leesheatac.com. Time to catch you up today on everything that's happened in this show. And one thing just happened in the commercial break. Well, it probably happened earlier, but it was announced in the commercial break. Joey? Joe Johnson. Iso Joe. Iso Joe, former jazz man, former net, former hawk, longtime NBA guy, back in the league on a 10-day contract. COVID, opening doors, PK. Yeah, some might say they're shutting doors, but yeah. Opening doors for Joe Johnson. How about that? <laughs> Joe Johnson, age 40. So look for Joe Johnson. Well, for the next 10 days. Can he still stay in front of people? Probably not. Can he still shoot the three? Absolutely. I don't think of him as a three-point shooter. I think of him as uh, using his incredible size and bulk and strength. Yep. That's why they called him ISO Joe. Yeah, to to just kind of old school back his way down, sort of like a poor man's Charles Barkley type of player. Well, there's hardcore fans who can remember him doing a lot of stuff, but even the most casual fan can probably remember him squirming and sliding and into the paint and that thing rolling around the rim and going in to beat the Clippers in game one. And that wasn't really a back down. It wasn't really a drive. But all you know is he got into the paint and he got the shot off. (laughs) And it went in. Yeah, he's one of those guys that I wish would have been on the Jazz earlier. That would have been good. Because I thought he was a tremendous addition. You talk about leadership, and David Locke was on an hour and a half ago talking about leadership and talking about how Chris Paul has really been the identifiable leader. There was a play uh, in the Laker game last night. I think it was Landry Shamit goes to the bucket and gets a uh, uh, old-fashioned three-point play, and he extends it into the baseline there where he sort of stumbles with a photographer. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul's not in the game, right? And he, But he gets up because it's, it's on the sun's end of the basket, and he gets up, and he sees that Shamit is okay, starts to go over to Shamit and make sure he's okay. Then he sees Shamit's okay, so what does he do? He goes and he helps up the photographer, who was uh, sort of stumbled on a little bit. We've seen that a bunch of times. Nobody was injured. But, I mean, Chris Paul is the ultimate leader for Phoenix, and it's paying off big time, you know. And he was talking about how, well, do the Jazz really have that type of player? Because Conley doesn't have the stature of a Chris Paul, nor does he have the personality of a Chris Paul. Chris Paul got a technical Last night, he was upset about something. I mean, he's you can count on that. Mike Conley hasn't gotten one technical in 14, 15 years in the league. I, I think they said not one's never been thrown out, nothing. So it really isn't his type of personality. And is Mitchell too young 
does he have the acclaim that a Chris Paul has to so that do they really have they have someone who wants to be but Mitchell isn't quite there yet whereas Phoenix had that and I can remember interviewing and talking to Joe Johnson a number of times and you really felt like when you talked with him he was somebody that if he said something if he chose to say something in the locker room that everybody including coaches were going to listen he was there of course the year after Hayward took off and it must have been media day and we're over at the practice facility and people are asking him about the Hayward thing because it was still a big thing because we didn't know what Mitchell was going to become right and we thought oh my gosh they got to the playoffs now all of a sudden they might be out again and so they're re- building project was cut off at the knees and so they're asking him uh, questions and finally joe says you know i'm here to talk about the jazz not to talk about the celtics and just the way he said it like all right man this guy means business and i think that's what i would have loved to have seen joe johnson his skill a little earlier and plus his leadership that he provided to the Jazz at that time. I don't know what he's going to do in Boston now, but back then, and that's something that you really need, and maybe that's something that the Jazz are missing, whereas the Suns have that and Chris Paul in abundance. Joe Johnson back in the league. 10-day deal with the Boston Celtics, expected to play tonight against Cleveland. And footnote, the Celtics drafted him 20 years ago. And now he's 40. Uh, we, you know, one other thing Locke was talking uh, when we were talking to him about uh, Chris Paul. And I mentioned, you know, Chris irritates these fans who just don't like him. And then there have been times where, you know, teams, he's been divisive inside teams. And David said, yeah, you get to the second year and he's worn some guys out. I wonder if he's just not going to wear guys out because of the way they won year one. You know, this stuff you're putting up with. There is stuff you are willing to put up with when you're winning or achieving at a high level. You might not be willing to put up with if your team is 500 or going out in the second round. Well, I think in some of those situations he had peers. I don't think he has peers on the Suns team. That's another good point. Yeah, Aiton's not going to stand up to him, right? Aiton's thinking, <laughs> you're Chris Paul. I'm still figuring this out. Yeah, right. And he was, and plus the team had not made the playoffs, I think, for 10 or 11 right. years yeah. in a row. Yeah, see, Booker's, Booker's more established than Aiton, but Booker's thinking, I'm getting pretty deep in the career here not to have even played a playoff game. And so, right, well, we're Chris, a league that takes half the teams. Right, yeah. and then Chris Paul shows up and gets the playoffs. Like, sweet, this is what I need to be doing. Right, and I don't think Booker's production hasn't decreased. If anything, it's the same or better, but more importantly, and everybody has an ego, his stature in the league and his profile has increased because Paul is helping them win, and he was a missing piece in which they did not have. So it allowed the team to be much better. In turn, Booker's starting to get some recognition. All we knew of Booker before Chris Paul, oh, he was the guy who scored 70 points on that crappy team. His sixth year in the league, Chris Paul gets him to the NBA Finals. Obviously not gets him, but they get there together. And now he's in year seven. And actually, this is the year his scoring has dropped a little bit, but it's still good. It's still 23 points a game. But I suspect they're blowing people out. Yeah, he's playing fewer minutes. He's down about four minutes a game, three or four minutes a game. Yes, and I think the the talent around him has gotten better. Mm-hmm. But last night, man, he was feeling it, and he's a, he is a big-time shooter. Yeah, you do not want to be playing against him when he's feeling it. He will light you up. 
Yeah. All right, other stuff we talked about this morning. We had David Locke on. We had Lincoln Kennedy on. He talked a little bit about the Pac-12 committees on now with one representative from every team, kind of looking at it from the player's perspective, looking at NIL stuff, and they're into it. He said the Utes NIL, which hasn't been as public as what BYU did with Bilt Bar, but he said he liked their model. Steve Smith is a Ute on that committee. But they're looking at a lot of stuff to try and make the Pac-12 more competitive, step up their game, get more recognition, get better players, keep more people home, and get to a better place in the world of college football. I think it's mostly cosmetic, though. You said the PR thing. Look at all the good players we've got in our league. You could look, look who you could be if you come to a Pac-12 school. Yeah, this is just a PR spin. I don't have any problem with them doing it. What they need to do is get the best players and pay them the most, the most money. money. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Name, image, and likeness. What can you do for me? Yeah, I spoke. I spoke. Uh, was would have been last week. Would have been late last week. I spoke to a big time agent. I was on the phone with him, and he is in the NFL. He does some college coaches too, but mostly a uh, large percentage is NFL players. And he's well known in the community. And he was in the NFL community. I speak of not our community. And he was saying that he is getting calls from dads that want to know where can I send my school, my kid to get the most amount of money. And that's what it should be, man, because money talks. I mean, come on. That makes the difference. Yeah, it's not everything, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you got me there. But it really, really matters. And so they've got to figure out ways to get these kids, particularly the California kids who are going east, to one degree or another. Some of them are going all the way east. Some of them are stopping off in Oklahoma or Ohio State or wherever. And get them to figure, if you stay here, you will get $1.5 million. I'm just using a figure off the top of my head. Yeah, but that's, and, not, that's not outrageous. You're the Texas quarterback who went to Ohio State, left school early. Million yeah, dollars worth of NIL. Million dollars has been thrown out by Nick Saban already. Yeah. He can get his quarterback a million bucks. So... That can sound like an outrageous number, but it's going to be a real number for some quarterbacks. And this NIL money is just going to go the way of coaching salary money. I don't think there's any doubt about that. To the ones who come in with all the hype, yeah. So I think that's what they need to do. And it's, it's good. They've got some big-name folks on this list. And Lincoln Kennedy, if you're a lineman, go listen to him to see what he has to say because you know, he was a great, great player. And, and the thing I love about Lincoln is he was smart enough to use his playing ability combined with celebrity into a lucrative career afterward. That's also extremely important. When I see these guys who have parlayed whatever, whatever fame, I remember Junior Bridgman played for the Bucks, and I read a story about him uh, going back to the Louisville area and starting some businesses. I mean, that's really important, and I love to hear those stories. I love it when guys use their athletic ability to parlay into business, and that's really important. And you look at somebody like Lincoln, he obviously has done that, right? And he's got uh, both college and pro, so he parlayed his athletic talent and fame into lucrative careers because you're going to retire. You know, if you last 35 in the NFL, Tom Brady notwithstanding, that's awesome. But then you still got another 40 years to go. You know what I mean? And so to do that, to set these guys up like that, that's 
that's big time. And I think that's what's going to make the difference in the Pac-12. I think they're fighting uphill with the television and all, with the mm-hmm. late games and whatnot. But if you can toss money into their bank accounts, that's really going to speak uh, extremely loud, more than pretty much anything that you can say. And then maybe they can make a dent in there. And, and I think that's the number. Klyovkov addressed that at uh, the, his press conference. I was there before the uh, title game. And he spoke open. That's what I like about Larry Scott tend to be a PR guy and would try to put the most positive spin on the worst situations possible. If you ask him about uh, DirecTV, he'd tell you about uh, Joe's cable system in Chico. And if you live there, you can get it. Okay, great. But that still doesn't address the issue that you're not on DirecTV. Whereas Kalafkov is willing to address, oh, there's nothing we can do about it now, but we got to get better in this. And Larry was about spin. Kalafkov is more about reality. And he mentioned, they said that specifically, we're not keeping enough of our kids home. In our, that grow up playing high school football in our conference, wherever it might be, from Tucson all the way up to Seattle and over to Salt Lake and Colorado. We're not keeping them home, and we've got to do a much better job at that. Well, and this I, is the way to go about it. I expect USC is about to step up its game big time. They, they got the coach. They got name, image, and likeness money. They got deep-pocketed boosters. So it'll start there. And Oregon, now can the, the Utahs and the ASUs and the Stanfords do the same thing? And on down the line. Uh, there have been stories about uh, Arizona having a great recruiting haul despite a, a terrible season. They went into Servite High, which... Uh, Servite. Got four kids out of yeah. Servite. A, a four-and-a-half-star receiver is going to make all the difference in the world. Well, blah, if blah, you blah, can blah, get blah. 20 more guys, because it requires well, depth. Yeah, a long see, I don't think that's I don't think that's ever going to change for Utah, but I don't think it needs to change for Utah. Now, they got to pay money, but what they're going to build and rely on is finding kids and developing them. And they're going to get Jalen Johnson types and, and Clark Phillips types who come in with a bunch of stars and deliver on those stars. But largely, it's going to be kids like Keithy and then mine the transfer portal, like Rising. And ah, go the in transfer that portal. How many yeah. kids leaving California will bounce back to the Pac-12? Remains to be seen. But you would think there'd be some help in that area. All right, DJ and PK reminding you, Minky Couture wants you to help you out this holiday season with the perfect gift. Stop by any location from Ogden to St. George today. Mention Zone 50 and save 50%. Guys, it's a no-brainer. Get in today, save 50%, and get the best gift ever from Minky Couture. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Yak, I don't know what you just told me because now you're playing good Christmas music. There was that dirge, whatever that was. There's some kind of... Metal Death March. <laughs> that didn't work. There's some random thing from 30 years ago that I either didn't hear or forgot that I heard. But now, like, now you're in the sweet spot. This is Christmas. If you're not bouncing in the car a little bit, what's going on? So what do you want me to read? America first, if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. No, I don't mind at all. Happy to. This week's Raider game against the Broncos is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raider debit card. All the same great features and benefits. Now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. Time for your feedback. Everything you have to say about today's show. Best Christmas gifts with a sports theme that you have ever given or received. 
Downer alert, PK. Downer alert. (laughs) Joseph Leverage. This is sadly not applicable to me. I've never, to my recollection, gotten a sports-related gift or had anyone who would really appreciate said gift. Well, then go buy yourself something. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas to me. Yeah. Carson says... Uh, because we were talking uh, merchandise earlier, Rose Bowl merchandise as a Christmas gift. I was going to wear the shirt all the players got for the Pac-12 championship, but in typical Pac-12 fashion, their business model sucks. I won't be getting sh- the shirt until the middle of January. This seemed like a long time since it was the first Friday. It was like December 3rd. I don't know what would take six weeks to made in take Made in Asia sitting, sitting in a uh, ship off the coast of California. Other than that, I got nothing for you. Well, then swim out there. <laughs> you just swim out there. <laughs> on the side of the ship. <laughs> hey, can you pop the top on that huge metal container and then pop open the top? <laughs> Marin says, my high school boyfriend was a huge Allen Iverson fan. Thanks to some generous family members, I gave him courtside tickets to watch the Sixers game for Christmas. Oh, Nice. I assume we're talking jazz. Yep. Oh, courtside? Wow, that's awesome. I know, right? Uh, Joe says Allen Iverson was one player I always felt was worthy of courtside seats. He was fun to watch. I think he was fun to watch, yeah. Watch the little guy in the big guy sport and watch how the little guy figures out how to succeed. Yeah, there's a little bit of a Britton Covey thing there. Yeah, absolutely. Back in the 70s, Bill Bob says... Back in the 70s, a great Christmas was a combo of any of these. Real or Nerf basketball, real or Nerf football, a new baseball <laughs> with a pitchback setup or a oh. new baseball bat. Yeah. The pitchback. That's not getting made anymore, is it? I haven't heard of it, but I, I thought it was an ingenious invention. Uh, I, you know, I had a pitchback. The thing about that, see, you grew up where you could take it outside. Yep. I didn't. So if you got a mitt or whatever, you had to wait. Yeah, I didn't have to. Well, I just had to wait for Dad to finish writing the name on everything. I had to wait. I cold it's in the, weather, man. It's, in the, it's right. in the cul-de-sac, Dad. Where's it going? Hey, I got to put your name on the ball. <laughs> your name? Yes. And then the and then the thing, had, and it took forever to dry. You had to sit there, and he'd be blowing on it. Like, what are we doing here? Let's go outside and play. Yeah, I agree. We would we would play on asphalt and just beat those. Beat those, that football, that basketball, and just beat it up. That's even better. That means it got men. It got used. Oh, it got used. Inside being a nerd. Yeah. No, we were we were out playing all the time. Good. All right, DJ and PK. It is time right now to welcome in Michelle Ining, Chief Deputy Director of the Road Home. Michelle, good morning. For having me. Thanks for coming on. Right now, the Mediathon is underway. You can make a donation right now by calling 801-819-7300 or go to theroadhome.org. And I know the business model is constantly changing. What are the biggest changes you've seen at the Road Home? We've been doing the Mediathon for a few years, but the Road Home is, is constantly evolving. That's a great question. So, yeah, in the last couple of years, we've actually had a lot of changes with the move from the downtown facility into the resource centers. Um, 
we have the resource center in uh, South Salt Lake for men, and then we have one in downtown Salt Lake for men and women, and we operate those facilities. In, a, in, in addition to that, our housing programs have just continued to grow and grow and grow each year um, to the point where we actually support more folks in housing than we do in shelter right now, um, which is which is exactly the way we want the scales to tip, right? We want more people in housing than, than in shelters, but the shelters are always going to be an, a necessary thing um, for short term, get people in when they're having a crisis and then help them get back into housing as quickly as possible. You've got multiple housing facilities, the Magnolia, Palmer Court, Wendell Apartments. How do those work? How do those fit into the model? How does that work for clients? Yeah, those. so all of those facilities are what we call permanent supportive housing. So they are targeted towards folks who have been homeless for a significant period of time and have some type of a disability. Um, so they are... Um, we have wraparound services in those facilities where we have case management on site and a variety of other services where we can link folks directly to health care and all of those other supports that they need to stay stable in their housing. Um, and then we just work with them as long as they need us. Cash is king, and people can make a donation right now at 801-819-7300, 801-819-7300, or online at theroadhome.org. Cash is king, but you do have in-kind needs as well. What are some of those? We do, absolutely. Coats, socks, gloves, hats, boots, underwear, all the things that, all the things that you need, our folks need as well. And so, yeah, those are um, socks and underwear are our biggest, biggest needs. Um, where, but in this, where would people go with that? They can go to our Midvale Resource Center, which is at 529 West 9th Avenue, um, or the Men's Resource Center at 3380 South 1000 West and drop those items off. Or you can go online, donate cash, because, well, cash is king. 801-819-7300. 801-819-7300. Or online at theroadhome.org. $32 provides one night of emergency shelter for an individual. $100 will provide one night of emergency shelter for a family. And you can make your donation right now. Thanks so much for coming on, Michelle. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. DJ and PK, have a Merry Christmas. We are off the next couple of days. We will talk to you Monday morning. Jake and Ben are coming up next on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.